Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That, just the first two hours this morning, it's dominating the conversation. And on a weekend where we're going to finally pare it down to the conference championship in the NFL, it's going to take a lot for the NBA to steal the thunder. But James Harden, a former member of the Thunder, has done just that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including the one and only Stephen A. Smith in five minutes. And Stephen A. is brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback. Let it move you no matter what the season throws your way. Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Again, Stephen A. coming up 8.05 a.m. Eastern. Jay, a couple of days ago, it's as simple as this. James Harden told the fans in Houston, I've given you everything I have. I love this city. I've given you every last drop. Now he's looking to give every last drop to a new city or borough or however you want to shake it. Harden is a net. Shake it. It, It's it's one of the biggest moves I think the NBA has had in a very long time. And I've said it before, talent-wise, talent-wise, I'm not saying how it works, what kind of offensive scheme you put them in. Talent-wise, this is the best big three that the league has ever seen on the same team. Just talent-wise. Kyrie and his ability to score. Kevin Durant being a two-time finals MVP. James Harden being a multiple scoring champion. Them all being on the same team. Special. And Woj brought up a really good point in hour two. He said, you know, who's going to acquiesce? I think that's James Harden. You put James Harden on the ball. Now, James Harden is still going to score his points because the way they play, all this is not James Harden with Russell Westbrook, who can't really shoot the ball, who's more of a driver, uh, a guy who likes to finish at the rim. This is James Harden with a guy like Kyrie that can catch and shoot, that can also dance with the ball, attack, that he can play off of. This is James Harden with Kevin Durant that doesn't need to dance with the ball, that can catch, turn, face, make a move really quickly. He can play off of him or KD can score. I think the skill set of all these three together offensively is extremely complimentary. It, it is. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if the, the continuity could work. I understand that they played at OKC together, meaning Katie and Harden, and they worked out in the summertime together, and they you know, they know each other. But you know how it goes, Jay. It w- was going to work with Chris Paul to a didn't, and it was going to work with Westbrook again in Houston to a didn't. And now you think about James Harden coming off the ball. I mean, Kyrie coming off the ball and allowing James to be the facilitator, even, you know, because he can pass. But what about those, I don't know, four or five seconds down that now you got to pass the ball? And I understand KD doesn't need to have the ball in his hand. He's a shooter. Quick trigger, boom, it's gone as well as Kyrie. But as a basketball player and a shooter yourself, I would think that you want the ball a lot sooner than the last few seconds on the clock. All I'm going to say, Key, you know, you said it, it, it should have worked out until it didn't. They were up 3-1. 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors. If CP3 doesn't get hurt, I think they win that series. So, like, that, that's a little bit of a caveat for me. And I know you're going to say they're also not going to have the same style. You don't know what I'm going to say because you don't know what I'm going to say. Don't say you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, you yeah. Don't know well, what I'm I, I mean, we've been around each other for a, long, a pretty long time now. I feel like I have a good gist of what you're going to say sometimes. All I'm saying is that I don't think you're going to see the same style of offense that James Harden was playing in Houston where he takes 9,000 dribbles. <laughs> I, I think you're going to see a different offense. And I, I think James Harden, just because we've seen him 
only play one way. Uh-huh. He's not a one-trick pony. No. James Harden can play different ways, right? So now, yeah, you have to acquiesce. Like, sometimes Kai brings it up. Sometimes James brings it up. If Kevin gets a rebound, sometimes KD brings it up. You find ways to play off of each other. I actually think it makes the game a lot easier for all of them instead of just saying, hey, they're going to play the way they played in Houston. And by the way, do not sleep on the Victor Oladipo aspect of this trade. I don't know the NBA like Jay or our next guest, but it's not going to get any headlines because the headline deserves to be hardened after everything that's happened this offseason and this regular season. But the Oladipo move, to me, sneaky, excellent addition. I don't know, speaking of sleep, I don't know when Stephen A sleeps. He got Stephen A's world, we got first take, we got Sports Center with Stephen A, and he joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, the number one opiner in sports. And it's great to have you here. So first things first, Stephen A, I mean, just lay it out here. Your initial thoughts to this blockbuster trade sending James Harden to the Nets. Well, um, first order of business is that, first of all, good morning, everybody. Hey. Secondly, I don't really, I don't like the way he handled it. But I understood exactly what he was doing because when you're under contract, uh, you clearly have to force your way out. And the more cooperative you appear to be, the more lackadaisical they can act in, 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 in getting you out of where you want to get out of. So I definitely understood where he was coming from, although I, it, I, I would have preferred he not do that. Having said all of that, uh, this is one of the prolific offensive scorers this game has ever seen. You combine him with Kevin Durant, to me, that's enough for you to be one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. You take that into account and take that to another level. The bottom line is, is that I look at a guy like, I look at a guy like uh, Kyrie Irving with all the nonsense that's been going on with him. Sean Marks had to do this because you had to have a security blanket for Kevin Durant. It isn't just about keeping to Kevin Durant once, once he has a player option after next season. It's about competing for a championship right now and not wasting away a year with this guy's greatness. Straight off of an Achilles tear, 18 months out of action, he comes back on the court, and in his first eight games or so, he's averaging 29 a game on 54% shooting and shooting three less shots a game than Kyrie was shooting. This is what I'm talking about here, the level of greatness that this dude has at his disposal. So when I look at it from that perspective, I certainly think that it was the right thing for Sean Marks to do, not to mention the fact that I happen to know that Philly was on the phone and Philly was going to try to get him. Uh, they couldn't let him get to Philadelphia because if he got to Philadelphia with Embiid, with Doc Rivers as his coach, with Steph Curry, I mean Seth Curry, um, and, 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 and Tobias Harris still there and others, Philly would have been the favorites to come out of the East instead of Brooklyn, and then you really would have screwed over Kevin Durant. So Brooklyn had no choice. I think they did the right thing, and I think, that, I think as a result, you can look at them as the favorites to come out of the East. Stephen A., uh, being from L.A. myself, I've seen talent assembled with the Lakers throughout my life. When was the last time this type of talent was assembled on a New York team? Mm. Never. Mm. Never. I mean, unless you unless you want to switch sports and go to the Yankees with Jeter and A-Rod and Mariano Rivera and all of them, mm. ain't never had no talent like this assembled on one team in New York City. We can look at Clyde, uh, you know, uh, you know, Clyde Frazier and, and Earl of Pearl Monroe, and we can look at all of those guys in the 70s if you want to go that route. Uh, but But as far as I'm concerned, 
um, since I've been watching basketball, I've never seen. I, I certainly have never seen it in that sport in this city. Um, and I'm looking at you know all you know no matter what sport you look at, I ain't seen this kind of offensive firepower. Now, now I'm wondering who's going to play defense. I'm wondering who's going to toughen Brooklyn up. And certainly they could be had by Milwaukee, by Philadelphia. Yeah, they could be had. I don't think Boston's deep enough. I don't think Miami's got the talent. And I don't think Toronto uh, has the talent anymore either. So it would be about uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee as being the primary threats to knock them off. Uh, but points win games. And when you got that kind of offensive power, particularly with the ability for Kevin Durant to close, I don't. I, to me, it's a it's a trip to the finals. Or bust. You know, you might have an excuse to lose to the Lakers and whatever, but I don't see any excuse why Brooklyn, uh, if they get their act together, should not come out of the East. There really is no excuse for this. SA, you scared the biggest caveat if they get their act together. If you're Steve Nash, how the hell do you manage all these personalities? Um, I don't think, first of all, I think he's going to have the help of of Kevin Durant. Um, And I honestly don't believe James Harden is going to be a problem. I think James Harden gets a bad rap in this respect. You know what? Yeah, he wants his players. He wanted Dwight, and then he didn't. He wanted CP3, and then he didn't. He wanted he wanted Russell Westbrook, and then that didn't work out. He dribbles the damn ball too much. I get all of that. But this dude has averaged at least 30 a game the last three years, at least 29 a game the last four, at least 28 a game the last five. This dude is a sensational, sensational offensive player, and here's the biggest thing about him. You know this, Jay. He don't, he don't believe in load management. This dude don't take nights off. That's not what he did. We were shocked at the way he's played over the last five games because we know better, and we know what he was trying to do, and we're disappointed that he would go that route, particularly throwing his own teammates under the bus because that's not who we know him to be. But outside of that, you know that Kevin, that James Harden is going to come to play. And now that he's taken the shrapnel of criticism that's been thrown in this direction, I think he's going to be more motivated than ever before. He knows he's on a legitimate title contender, that they're legitimate favorites in some people's eyes because of the talent they assembled. And he knows that if he doesn't win here, it'll look worse than when he didn't win in Houston because he didn't have Kevin Durant as his teammate. The key is Kyrie Irving. And there's some problems going on there. Let's just call it what it is. We don't know what the hell it is, and even if we did know, we wouldn't say if it was something personal because that's none of our damn business. But the bottom line is Kyrie don't seem all there. Literally, figuratively, mentally, spiritually, he's just in another place other than Brooklyn. And I don't know if that's on Steve Nash to resolve. That's on Kevin Durant because this is Kevin Durant's team. You know better than anybody, Jay Williams, that Kyrie Irving wouldn't be in Brooklyn if it were not for Kevin Durant. They brought Kyrie Irving there because Kevin Durant made it clear he wanted Kyrie Irving there with him. That is why Kyrie Irving is there. So now the onus is on KD to handle that situation with Kyrie or to support the Brooklyn Nets if they decide to go in a different direction than Kyrie. Kevin Durant needs to sign off on that. And he needs to also make things happen with or without K, with, with or without Kyrie. That's what he's got to do. Stephen A. Smith, first take host of Stephen A.'s World. You can catch it on ESPN+. Stephen A., let me ask you this, though, in, in, in terms of the Brooklyn Nets trio. Is this trio better than the Splash Brothers with KD? No. Hell no. Absolutely not. Talent-wise, uh, Stephen A., talent-wise? Uh, talent-wise, uh, they're not? I'm not saying the way the, it works out, but talent-wise, sheer talent? 
Um, Jay, I'm not thinking about, I'm thinking about two things. Number one, do you know of a better shooting trio, arguably in NBA history, than Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant? The answer would be no. And we all know that Klay plays defense, okay? And we all know that it's hard. Who's going to sacrifice? Klay Thompson sacrificed in Golden State. Chris Bosh sacrificed in Miami. Ray Allen sacrificed in Boston. Who's going to be the third wheel and who's going to accept and embrace that role and make the necessary sacrifices? That's the huge question. I understand you're talking about talent, but I'm just basically getting to the bottom line. Like, for example, nobody has a better handle than Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving can shoot and he can score on anybody. He can finish at the basket. I think that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of mankind. Agreed. And I think that Klay Thompson is one of the top five shooters in NBA history. And I think that Kevin Durant is one of the top five scorers in the history of basketball. I don't think it's blasphemous or sacrilegious to sit up there and say as great as Kyrie is, as great as James Harden is, as great as Kevin Durant is, that they are not more talented than Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and KD together. I don't believe it. But see, Stephen A., I, because then I, I, it comes down to who comes down to Harden and Kyrie. So is Harden and Kyrie better than the Splash Brothers? I would tell you, as shooters, hell no. Well, I mean, as gifted players, though, I mean, depending upon what system. Here's why I will say: I think James Harden SA gets a gets the wrong look here, right? Because he he's been on a team uh-huh. where he's had to be the guy with the system he's been provided to drop 35, 40 points every night. So everybody automatically assumes, how's it going to work? He's going to draw the ball all the time. He will acquiesce. He can be a pass guard that can still score and play off these other two guys. I agree. I agree. I agree. I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I think that you're absolutely 100% right about James Harden. People ignore the fact that he registers assists. Even when he was playing like garbage because he didn't want to be there, he was still averaging 10 assists a game. This dude can do what he wants to do, and he's shown incredible unselfishness in the past. Remember when he was in OKC, he was basically the backup point guard. You're in Houston. I've seen many times when he set up other guys to score. I'm not questioning the talent and the greatness of of James Harden. I'm just saying that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are such marksmen. I think it's the likes of which we've never seen. They're the greatest shooting backcourt in history. And Steph Curry is the greatest shooting backcourt known to man. There's not a human being that I've ever seen that can shoot better than Steph Curry. Ever. Standing still, spot up, jump shot, set shot, corner, wing, key, the other wing. It don't matter. 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet, 20 feet. It doesn't matter. This dude is the greatest shooter I have ever seen with my two eyes. Me too. Me too. He's better than me. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, look, Stephen A., before uh, we let you get on. out of here real Man. quick, I, wanna, I, want, I want you to explain to me, because I'm, I'm not clear on this, and, and I'm sure our listeners and your listeners aren't very clear. When you said that Kyrie should retire, are you talking about yes. retire in terms of taking some time off to think about what he – or just retire and go – just stop playing basketball as a whole? I'm saying the first. The, I'm saying the former. I'm saying you don't want to play. You don't want to show up to work. You said personal reasons, and people don't know what the personal reasons are, plus people can't get in contact with you. You understand? I'm saying when you, make a, when, when you sign a contract 
and you make a commitment. Understand, you guys do a morning show, and, and you're getting paid. You sign a contract. I got a contract. I got my three shows. I got a contract. Yeah, it's about our abilities. But it's also the fact that we're trustworthy. I know you're going to show up to work. You know I'm going to show up to work. Think about what we're saying here with Kyrie Irving. There is a question mark as to whether or not he's going to show up to work. How can anybody excuse that? It's embarrassing. And the fact of the matter is there's no excuse for it. I don't give a damn what's going on in his life. You have to show up to work, and if you don't show up to work, you have to have the professionalism, the decency, and the courtesy to talk to people and say, look, this is what's going on. Here's what's happening. This is why I'm not showing up. You can't be refusing to show up to work, not answering people's phone calls, not communicating with them, and then on top of it all, be on social media chilling, chilling, literally talking to people about things that have nothing to do with basketball because that's what's near and dear to your heart while you're under contract to receive $33.4 million this year. I know he's going to be dots pay and all of that other stuff, but you can't do that. And then to literally endanger folks because you're seen partying and having a good old time while your, your, your teammates are out there working. The coaching staff is out there working. Do you know the management, Sean Marks, is out there working. It is so disrespectful. It is so irresponsible. That's why I said, yo, bro, you don't want to play, retire. Retire and then come back when you're ready to play. And then, Stephen, I guess the next question is. So why why pretend that you're ready to play when you don't want to play? Why do that? The next question, I mean, how much long can Kevin Durant kind of back that, right? I mean, if he, he's kind of – you said the other day, I say, he's like, he, he's running the bus over KD back and forth. If you're KD, how much longer can you back that if he continues to miss games? Well, with respect to KD, we don't know if he's backing it. Just because he hasn't spoken out against it publicly doesn't mean that KD hasn't addressed it privately, one-on-one with Kyrie, that he hasn't addressed it privately with the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that's important to point out because KD may very well be doing all the right things. I don't understand why he's walking around looking like he got an attitude with everybody that interviews him, giving one-word answers. You know, this dude is a basketball savant himself. Kevin Durant is a highly intelligent individual who knows the game of backwards, backwards, and forwards. And people are asking him about basketball, and he looked like he got an attitude every single damn day. I don't understand it. Maybe they should ask him more personal and probing questions to give him justification (laughs) for appearing so irritated. And maybe he'll be enjoy watching basketball again. But covering this league, we've experienced that and seen that on many, many occasions. I remember years ago, guys, real quick, when Kobe had a problem, God rest his soul, Kobe had a problem with, you know, everybody asking questions about Shaq, uh, about him and Shaq, when Shaq got traded to Miami. So I picked up the phone after Kobe was with his media session, and I asked him, a, a, like, two or three personal questions. He said, what the hell is that? What's wrong with you? What the hell are you asking me this for? I said, would you prefer that I ask you that instead of basketball? No, you wouldn't. So what's wrong with asking basketball questions when that's what you do in front of millions of people a night? Come on, man. It's basketball. Why wouldn't they ask you about Shaq? Why wouldn't they ask you about the Lakers? Why wouldn't they ask you about things that you do? And that's the message that I want to send to Kevin Durant. He can teach people so much about the game of basketball. I've learned from talking basketball to KD. There's nothing wrong with people asking you basketball questions. You don't have to appear so acerbic and truculent and having an attitude and all of this other stuff. 
over damn basketball questions. That's what you do. Nobody's asking you about your personal life or your personal business. They're asking you about the game. Try to bring some joy to it, not just by shooting and, and scoring, but by talking about the game you portend to love so much. That would be my advice to him, respectfully. And my advice to you would be if you want to see this level of passion on television, you're just basically an hour and 40 minutes away. Stephen A. on first take and then dominating the sports world with Stephen A.'s world. Really appreciate the passion. We hit KD. We hit Harden. We hit Irving. And we will see if they will be a hit the Nets' first game in this new era, Saturday against the Magic. And they're certainly expecting some magical things from this triumvirate. Stephen A., thank you so much as always. And we'll watch for you on TV this morning, 10 a.m. Stephen A.'s world, baby! And before we hit the break, I want to mention from Adam Schefter here some NFL news. Jacksonville and Urban Meyer are in advanced talks to see if they can finalize a deal. Per league sources, they meet again Wednesday. It's really amazing. You would think by this time at least half the NFL head coaching openings would be filled. That's normally the way the calendar works. We're still waiting for somebody to say, I'm taking this job. And it could be Urban to Jacksonville for his first foray in the NFL key real quick. Yeah, they met again yesterday. Uh, and so you think that things are moving pretty fast. They're moving pretty fast. Jacksonville with the number one overall pick. Number one site for them was Meyer. They've got him in their grasp. Keyshawn Jabel Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. On the way, Bob Stoops, the old Oklahoma coach, is going to join us. He made his name. He made his name in college football. But he's got a very interesting tie to this week's divisional round of the playoffs. What is it? He'll talk about it next. It's just simple. You got the greatest guy ever to coach college football. Seven national championships. That's more than any coach that has ever done it. I'm just happy that we won tonight. I don't think anybody really compares to Coach Bryant. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. We'll begin in the NFL, where it appears as though the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer are moving closer to striking a deal. 
It's being called Advanced Discussions and Talks. That's according to our Adam Schefter. And Adam will join us at 8.45 a.m. Eastern for the very latest, of course. You know the deal. Urban, never an NFL head coach, but massive success at the collegiate level. Another guy that had massive success at the collegiate level is going to join us here in one moment. Speaking of massive, wow, massive deal in the NBA. Four teams, four first-round picks to Houston, trade swaps, Victor Oladipo. The Rockets may not have James Harden, but they got plenty to build around. Of course, Harden is on his way to the Brooklyn Nets, one of his preferred destinations with Woj essentially saying the big question now is who's going to acquiesce with those three superstars there upon Kyrie's impending return. We think Nets next game Saturday against Orlando. We'll see how they do against the Magic. And one more note from college football. Bill O'Brien dismissed as the head coach of the Houston Texans is back in the college game. He'll be the offensive coordinator at Alabama replacing Steve Sarkeesian who's now off to Texas. And once again, as I mentioned, an old rival of Texas. Their head coach is going to join us here in a second. O'Brien, you may remember. Hook'em horns. Key's giving us a hook'em horn sign. You may remember that, of course, uh, Bill O'Brien was the man that rebuilt Penn State after that tragic scandal there in State College, Pennsylvania. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback. And let it move, y'all. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear more driven. I think if I gave you these stats for anyone that was a college football coach and I said he won a school record 190 games at a, at a school that's had some ridiculously talented head coaches from Barry Switzer and Bud Wilkinson, 10 Big 12 titles, a national championship, that would mean immediate entry into the College Football Hall of Fame and that's where Bob Stoops, the Oklahoma legend, is going to be later this year and he joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Bob Stoops is going to be here in just one moment. I want to ask you, Key, because when you think about the climb, the thing about, we'll talk to Bob about winning the national championship, coming from Florida, building his reputation. But I think he may get emotional, he may not. When you're the son of a coach, and he grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, and his dad was a legendary high school coach, he may have looked at his dad and said, man, I wish I could be like dad one day, be a legendary coach Mm -hmm. in the state of Ohio where football means so much. And then to go on to do what he did. I can't wait to talk to him here in one minute. But that could be a really great sort of father-son situation when your dad is held in so high esteem in the town of Youngstown. And now you are 10 times bigger, and I'm sure his father loved it, in the sport at large. It's awesome. Well, you know, it's a, it's a family business. The Stoops family is coaches all <clears throat> over the board. Uh, brothers at Kentucky. His other brother was his defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, former head coach at uh, University of Arizona out in the Pac-12. So this is in their blood. This is what they, this is what they do. Like they, they were born to coach. And all of them have had different levels of success. I would say Bob, obviously, is the most successful. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of coaching left in him, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm sure he knows that. And he's probably itching to get back at it because – if you think about it, he was coaching in the XFL here right. recently. For the Dallas team, I believe. Not just out of coincidence. It's because he has it in his blood. Mm-hmm. Coaches coach. No matter what they do. I mean, if they retire, they're still coaching. They're still trying to, whether it's going to coach <laughs> mm-hmm. at high schools or whatever the case, they're still coaching because they can't get enough of it. And, Jay, while we wait for Bob Stoops, what do you make of the other big coaching news of the morning? Adam Schefter is going to join us here in about 13 minutes, 845 a.m. Eastern, that the Jags and Meyer are moving closer to getting married. I mean, we all saw this one coming. 
I, I think it, it, it raises a level of intrigue, and Key said it during the break. You know, everybody has automatically slated Trevor Lawrence as the first pick in the draft. Um, is that the case now, considering Urban Meyer's background coming from Ohio State, uh, the affiliation that he's had with Justin Fields, seeing Justin Fields? And uh, I know Key's going to say, I told you so. I know what I'm talking about, but it just it, it makes it a lot more intriguing now. Now, Jay, check this out. Fellas, let's get your opinion on this as we wait. For Why you got that look on your face, Key? Hall of Famer to be. Now, oh, I was Key. looking at the board. I was looking at our board and our screen and something popped up where Todd Archer was reporting that you could do it, Zubin, if you want to. All right, I'll do it. Let's see Key's reaction to this. Let's see the reaction on his face here. Todd Archer is our Cowboys reporter, and he's talking about the wide net that the Eagles, of course, in the division with the Cowboys, are casting for their head coaching position, and they're looking at the Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, he is 32 years old, the old Boise State legend. There has been some level of criticism with how he's handled the offense. But how about that? Looking at a 32-year-old guy, never been a head coach, coordinator for a few years, poaching him from inside the division, a college football legend. What do you think of this particular story? I, I think it's great that he's getting an opportunity. I, I frowned like that because I'm like, wait a minute, man. You know where I'm going with it, right, Jay? Kellen Moore all of a sudden emerges <laughs> – and we don't even talk about Eric Bieniemy no more. Mm. It's like that's gone away. So I'm like, the league, what are y'all doing? Like I just, that's why I had that puzzled look on my face because I'm looking at our board and I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, well, wait a minute, man. You getting ready to tell me y'all looking at this dude, but the other guy cooled off. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. One thing I should mention, a few weeks ago, it went very innocuous. People didn't talk about it at all, but the Cowboys were playing a game, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were on the call, and obviously Aikman, the Cowboys legend. He actually snuck in during the broadcast, did not get a lot of run, that he said that Boise State went really, really hard after Kellen Moore um, since he was a Boise State quarterback yeah, a day in an opening. That makes sense. And he yeah. was on the verge of taking the job until the Cowboys came in at the last minute and gave him a nice sweetening deal to stay. So that could be part it's of it. It's called leverage, Zubin. As well. It's called yeah, leverage. That, but, but it makes sense. First of all, he played at Boise. He understands the culture at Boise. They need a new head coach as their head coach went to Auburn, which was kind of strange to me. But Brian Harson. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, of course. You want to. That's your famous alum who's in the coaching circuit, so you might as well see if that's available. But I'm talking about the Eagles taking a look at that. That's just weird to me. 32 and in the division. Jay, I want you to get your response to this. Yesterday, Eric uh, Bieniemy was the subject of, hey, why isn't this guy getting more opportunities? Could he possibly get passed over again? Key just broached him. He's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Our NFL insider Dan Graziano said, as strange as this may sound, if you meld these two stories together, a 32-year-old guy that's barely been a coordinator and it was the Cowboys' backup quarterback could be in line for the Eagles' head coaching job, yet a 51-year-old who has made wonders out of Patrick Mahomes could be passed over again. Graz says back-to-back years, the enemy not getting a gig, it is not, it is not out of the question. This is sort of the, you know, when you, when you make these calls and you talk to people associated with this, this has kind of been the, the vibe that's emerged this week that maybe uh, the teams are looking in other directions. But, and I know that would be shocking and upsetting to a lot of people if he didn't get a job this cycle. And, and it's entirely possible, of course, that he will. Again, not to panic if you're a fan and an advocate of Eric Bieniemy getting a job, but 
I don't know that it's the sure thing it felt like a couple of weeks ago. And to your point, a guy uh, that barely has any experience now getting as much run as a guy that's put his entire life into football. I, I, I don't know, Jay, man. What? My league is a trip. That's all I can tell you. The NFL is an interesting uh, 32 teams, so to speak. I mean, just keep just look at the teams that are currently in the playoffs, right, of the eight teams. Six of them are in the top ten as it relates to offensive points per game. Six of the eight. If offense is what this league is being built around, I know for certain teams, you know, we talk about the Jets and, and Salah potentially as a candidate, you know, wanting to build from the defensive perspective for some teams. But if, if this is one of the hottest leagues as it relates to offense, how can Eric Bieniemy's name all of a sudden be like if he gets passed over? How are we using terminology passed over as it relates to Eric Bieniemy and the, the schemes he's putting together for probably the most prolific offensive team we have in the league right now? You know, a, a lot of times these things, when coaches are passed over for head coaching jobs or not hired or, or for instance, front office guys aren't hired, I don't know the interview process, um, but a lot of times people think that an individual doesn't interview well. Uh, they may have a checkered past of some sort, and that starts to come to surface uh, oh, and then you start to hear these whispers about, well, he doesn't interview well. Well, you know, he didn't have his staff together. Or they didn't like who he was hiring as a defensive coordinator or who he wanted to bring in as his offensive coordinator. And, and so you start getting all of those sort of things. And I'm like, I, I just don't get it because to me, when you're sitting down and you say he doesn't interview well, okay, he doesn't interview well. Uh, big deal. What does that have to do with coaching the damn game because he may be nervous. Maybe he has a nervous issue because he doesn't interview well. I mean, maybe he starts sweating when he's having a conversation. Doesn't mean he can't coach ball. Doesn't mean he can't coach. The bottom line is we want somebody who can coach. I don't give a damn about a dude interviewing well. How many coaches give bad interviews when we sit down and have talks with them? Or how many mm. coaches go to the podium and have nothing to say because they just – can't interview well or they don't understand the question that the media may be asking them you're gonna fire a guy because of that or not hire a guy because of that I don't unless he just goes in with a bad plan I don't know his plan may be so absurd that it makes no sense they're like ah but I would think that yeah I would think I would think as long as you've been around this game and preparing yourself for over the last 20 years of coaching mm -hmm. to potentially be a head coach, you've prepared. Even if you struck out one time, you go back to the well and you redo it and say, okay, you coaches prepare with mock interviews, all of those sort of things. Yeah, keep in mind, he's 51 years old. He's been with Andy Reid since 2013, and that's a pretty darn good tree, coaching tree, to be there. So he's got the experience. He's got the lineage. He's got the right coach pushing him in the right direction. But maybe just things won't work out in his direction in back-to-back -back years. That's That'll crazy, be though. That doesn't, gigantic that doesn't that even make sense. When Dan said it yesterday, my face dropped. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Because you know, Keith, this make, just has just to be. This doesn't make sense. Just this roller coaster ride. This has to be just one of those lows, or maybe everybody has a lot going on, and they just kind of think, "Hey, we're going to pass on Eric." 
if he doesn't have, I don't know how he doesn't have a head coaching job when it's all said and done. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's got bigger Man, business at the real moment. Thin out there, he's trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and at that point, it gets pretty hard to ignore. But I guess you never know. If you just joined us, big story: Urban Meyer, Jaguars getting closer, and the Cowboys' offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, who they think very highly of, helped Dak get out to a really great start earlier in the season, is being looked at by the division rival. Eagles, as if that Cowboys-Eagles rivalry couldn't get more saucy. On the way, Schefter broke the news on Meyer to Jacksonville. Getting closer. How much closer? Adam is on the way. As Keyshawn, yes, <laughs> Coach apparently is writing his Hall of Fame speech. He decided to write his Hall of Fame speech instead of joining us. So we'll kind of we'll kind of reach back out. Those Oklahoma guys, I yes. tell you. Not a Hall of Famer at picking up the phone. He does everything else right. Hi, it's Greeny, and James Harden has been traded to the Nets in a blockbuster deal that shakes up the entire power structure of the NBA. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more with me Thursday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are waiting for our first NFL head coaching vacancy to be filled, and it looks like it might come in North Florida with the Jacksonville Jaguars. For more on that, let's bring in the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter. I know you've been all over it this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles coaching search as well here in a moment. So if you're a Fly Eagles Fly fan, hang tight for that. Adam, let's start, though. With the Jaguars, what is your reporting saying about the possibility of Urban Meyer and Shad Khan coming together? Well, good morning, Zubin. And the latest here is this, that Jacksonville and Urban Meyer are in advanced talks to see if they can finalize a deal. Now, that doesn't mean a deal does get finalized with Urban Meyer. He's been difficult to pin down. But at this point in time, they have continued to meet as recently as yesterday again to see if they can get this deal done and push it across the goal line. 
I think Urban Meyer recognizes what a tremendous opportunity Jacksonville would be. The Jaguars have the number one overall pick in the draft. They have 11 picks in the draft. They have over $100 million in salary cap space in what is expected to be a depressed market for free agents because the salary cap is going to go down. So Jacksonville is set up to succeed. And if Urban Meyer ever were going to take the jump, this would be the time to do it. But again, we want to say it has been difficult to pin him down, difficult for him to make up his mind finally, and it's still not done. At the same time, the Jaguars have gone through their process. They've conducted their search. They've interviewed other candidates and their owner, Shad Khan, I think is respectful of the process. And he wants to make sure that he's as thorough as possible before they move ahead with Urban Meyer. But make no mistake, at this point in time, the two sides are seeing if they could finalize a deal that would make Urban Meyer the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Adam, uh, Todd Archer is reporting that Kellen Moore is somewhat emerging as a potential candidate to be the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Why is that? Why are they trying to poach him out of everybody? Which coach there, Key? I'm sorry, I got some text coming in. Oh, that's all right. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator of Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia Eagles. Well, uh, listen, Philadelphia is casting a wide net with a lot of different people. And at a time where you can zoom in with a candidate and you could pick the brains of as many people as you want, why would you not speak to a division rival to get his assessment of what he and they think of your team and personnel? Mm. There's no reason not Mm. to do that. I would do that if I were running a team. Mm. It doesn't mean that Kellen Moore is getting the job. It means that Philadelphia is free to talk to whoever it wants. I would call somebody in... Dallas, I would call somebody in New York, I would call somebody in Washington. I'd want to get as many of these people who are as smart as possible on the phone interviewing for my head coaching job. So just because Philadelphia wants to talk to Kellen Moore or is talking to Kellen Moore doesn't mean that Kellen Moore is the guy. Maybe he will. Maybe he will impress them so much that he will get the job. But Philadelphia is doing what it should, and it's conducting a thorough search. It met yesterday with Robert Sala. It's talking with Arthur Smith. It has... Uh, requesting to speak to the Patriots, uh, linebackers coach Gerard Mayo. So th- there are a lot of people that Philadelphia wants to talk to. doesn't mean they're going to wind up as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm glad you brought that perspective alive because I was scratching my head for a minute there, Adam. Um, Eric Bieniemy has been a hot name for the, over the last 24 months or so as a head coaching candidate. But recently here, it seems like it has cooled off. Could it be that he misses out a second time around? I think there's a real possibility that that happens. And I can tell you that in speaking to people across the league, they've raised that issue and concern that Eric Bieniemy might not be in the catbird seat here to land one of these jobs. And that would be very disappointing after he's accomplished as much as he has and the league has put as much emphasis as it has on hiring somebody like Eric Bieniemy with the enforced and upgraded Rooney rules. And so we'll see how this plays out, but... It doesn't work to his advantage that his team is still playing. But then again, I don't want to use that as an excuse because teams have overcome that before and found ways to hire coordinators of playoff contending teams that go deep into the playoffs. Uh, The fact of the matter is, is that right now, teams seem focused on a lot of other candidates. They've spoken to the enemy, but I haven't seen him emerge the forefront of a search just yet. It might just be 
that he needs the Houston Texans as much as they need him. Mm. But we'll see how this plays out. Let's hope that he gets a job. But right now, I think there's a real question as to whether he will. Mm. Shefty, speaking of the Texans, has there been any progress made towards the Deshaun Watson trade? Well, there's not going to be right now, Jay. And I think that there's still a lot that has to be settled there. You've got Deshaun Watson, who's clearly unhappy. We, we don't know who the head coach is going to be. We don't know when Nick Casario is going to take over. We don't know how they're handling that whole situation. Nick Casario got that job last week, literally stepped into a situation where he could not have known that Deshaun Watson was going to be as angry as he was at the hiring of a new general manager that was not directed at him, mm-hmm. but the process itself. And so Nick Casario stepped into a huge hornet's nest there, frankly, that I think had to be a big surprise. That Deshaun Watson story, I think, is going to hang over that franchise here for quite some time. It's something we'll obviously be keeping tabs on. I want to remind all the Browns fans, I know it's been an amazing week, week and a half for you. You want another smile on your face on the way home from work, on the way to work tomorrow, download the latest edition of the Adam Schefter podcast, the last man to take the Browns to the AFC championship game. The one, the only, Bernie Kosar sits down with Adam. So Browns fans, rejoice. Enjoy this week. You've been waiting for it since you came back to the league in 1999. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, Adam. Thanks, Same Shepty. to you. All right, last thing, Kiwi, got less than a minute here. But the, uh, what Adam said essentially was just because you're going deep into the playoffs shouldn't preclude you from having one of these opportunities. Other teams have done it. This isn't something that is that hard to figure out. No, other teams have done it. I, I can remember... Todd Haley leaving Arizona to go to Kansas City. They made a run, I think, to the Super Bowl even. I can remember others as well doing that. Think about when New England made their strong run and Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell both left after the Super Bowl. Yep. So it's like, I don't know. I Who knows, right? Who knows? Houston would be a great fit, although how does he feel coming after he wasn't interviewed? But there's only 32 jobs. So, you know, if you want one bad enough, you'll take it. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Urban Harden Talk next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.